This is Sunday morning worship service here at the Pine Little Pentecost Church, March the 19th, 2023. Signs of the Times, Part 3. Reverend Farrell Hardison bringing the message. Here's the praise team. We're in the house of the Lord this morning. We won't be quiet. Amen.
seated while the choir gets together back there.
goodness running after you today? I'll tell you what. Can we do that again? You want to do it from the top again? Let's do it from the top again, Thomas. I tell you what, that that has got that that's that's a good one. That's a good one. If you ain't got if your wood is not wet now, there is something definitely wrong. You need to dip that thing down in there. You'll find out. Go ahead.
Amen. How many of y'all feel the presence of the Lord today? Y'all feel spiritual today? Get that wallet out. Get that pocketbook out. Why y'all feeling spiritual? <laughs> Got quiet, didn't it? Oh, man. Choir, you have messed me up. I am messed up. How many of y'all know that's a good thing? That's a good thing. Amen. I just want to sit here and bask in it. Sit here and enjoy it. Absorb it. We somebody getting their shoes on in the middle of the aisle, and y'all tell them when you leave that we had them laying in the aisles today. They about had me. I'm telling you, thank God. I've been praying. I've been praying, Lord. I don't know what a breakthrough looks like, but I know one when I see it. <laughs> and I've just been praying that God's been blessing our church and, and the church has been growing. We've seen people saved and uh, seen people baptized, join our church. It's been wonderful. But I've been praying for a breakthrough, a breakthrough spiritually. Um, when we catch on fire, they'll come to watch us burn. They will. How many of y'all remember the old days when they uh, get hot? You know, during the summer, didn't have an air conditioner, didn't even have ceiling fans. Can y'all imagine? We'd raise the windows and put screens in the windows. I'm that old. Who's that old? I'm that old. Man, the preacher would sweat whether he was anointed or not. He'd sweat that day. But I've seen it. I've seen unbelievers from the community. I've seen this. I remember a church near Beulahville called Gum Branch. That's country right there now, ain't it? And I remember my uncle preaching, my daddy preaching. My uncle was the pastor, and my daddy going to preach a revival. My daddy preached, and then my uncle got up there, and God touched him, and he preached some more, and unbelievers stood in the yard and looked through the windows. Our world needs a revival. We need a move of God. The Lord said two diametrically different things will happen in the last days. Two totally different things. And we're seeing it. Evil men will be worse and worse. But he said, in the last days, I'll pour out my spirit as well on all flesh. I receive it. I receive his spirit. I receive it, Lord. We receive it. No pushback from us, Lord. No pushback, no resistance. Your spirit, this is your church. It's not my church. It's not our Deacon Board's church. It's not our members' church. It's your church, Lord. It's your church. Your will be done in the house of God. God's will above all things. Uh, I've said it many times as a pastor. Lord, if you got to get me out of the way for, for you to have your way, then get me out of the way. Move me. If I'm a resistance, if I'm a hindrance, Move me out of the way. And I'm talking about during a worship service or, or something. If God wants to do something, 
How many of you know sometimes God moves? It might look peculiar to people who've never seen him move before. And you might go, wow, I don't think I want this. But but you listen, you, you open your heart and you say, the Holy Ghost is a perfect gentleman. He's a perfect gentleman. He will never do anything to embarrass you cause you to say I'll never do that again I'll never go through that again if you ever touch him if he ever touches you in a in a deep way you'll only want more you'll only desire more thank God for his move this morning move of his spirit Lord we continue our worship now by giving our tithes and our offerings we pray that you take them and bless them and multiply them in Jesus name and everybody said Amen. Thank y'all for being generous today. At last ended my Savior bleed and did my sovereign sacred head for such a worm as I. At the cross, at the cross where I first saw the light and the burden of my heart rolled away. It was there by faith I receive my sight, and now I am happy all the day. Was it for crimes that I cross. Amen. Don't ever forget that. 
It begins at the cross. It begins at the cross. He took your sins and died on the cross for you in your place. It's called a vicarious death. It means he died in the place of another. And that was you and me. He had no sin. He had done no wrong. He bore our sin. He rose from the dead to give us life. If you're here today and you're not saved, you can be saved before you leave here today. You don't even even have to wait for me to preach. You don't have to wait and come to the front at the end of the sermon. You can right now say, that's it. I'm going as far as I'm going. Lord, I want you in my life. I want you to take over my life. I surrender my life to you. I know you died on the cross for my sins. You rose to give me life. And Lord, I want to be saved today. And he'll save your soul. He'll do it right now. I want some people to join me up here. And I haven't told them um, that I was going to ask them to come. But uh, if you know where they are, they might be somewhere else in the church. We might need to go get them. We have other ministries going on this morning. Uh, Jody Grace, uh, Woodall. Please come. Kelsey Murray, come. Aaron Edwards, come. Um, I mean, come now. (laughs) Samuel Evans, come unto me. Terry Hayes, Stephen Sutton, William E. Smith. And uh, I don't think we've got everybody. Uh, come on up here. Come on up here where I am. Uh, Ross, come on up here. Ross Simple, please come. Ross wasn't expecting that. We've been practicing. And we're going to sing this morning. <laughs> Ross said, hit it. One, two, three. Um, Eddie got saved, and he's been baptized. Eddie, God bless you, man. Miss um, Shelva Jernigan, will you come up here? And Scotty Hayes, will you come up here? Terry Hayes, I think we already got you up here. Mary McDaniel, will you come, please? There we have Brother Eddie Smith again. But I can't give him this certificate yet because Eddie wasn't here the other Sunday when we took new members in. He had to work that day, but he's here today. And uh, if you uh, believe Eddie will, well, not will, but already has been a blessing to our church and will continue to be a blessing in our church, we're going to receive him as a member today. Will you welcome Eddie Smith to our church as a member? God bless you, sir. Let's see here. Miss Mary, where are you at? Where's Miss Mary? Hey, Miss Mary. Miss Mary's joined our church. And uh, go down there to you, darling. There you go. She joined our church. Yeah. Uh, Miss Shelva joined our church. Transferred. We're so glad to have you. And let's see here. Scotty, where you at? Oh, how I miss Scotty. There's Scotty. Scotty. Scotty's joined our church and his wife, Terry. 
have joined our church. Stephen Sutton, we finally got him underwater. Praise God. Hallelujah. Stephen, I love you, man. You know I do, buddy. You're a blessing to your pastor. I want you to know that. Terry, we uh, baptized you as well. Terry Hayes. Where's Samuel? There he is right there. Samuel. Hey, keep your eye on this boy right here. I'm telling you. Keep your eye on him. God's got special plans for this young man. He really does. And I believe that for a lot of our young people, but, but um, God has uh, really uh, impressed upon me that he's got plans for this young man. And I believe our guest speaker last week saw that in you too, didn't she? And began to speak over you and pray for you. Where's Aaron, Edward? Where's Aaron? There he is. Hey, buddy. Man, you're hiding from me. Aaron, I'm proud of you, man. So humble. And you're proud of it, aren't you? I love you. I love you, man. I love these teenagers. I love them. I really do. Some of them are hard to look at, but they're they're good children. Where's Kelsey? Hey, girl. Kelsey was baptized. Yeah. Amen. Oh, and that's what this was. Samuel was baptized. Mr. Uh, man, I, my, my brain is... Me and Mac have the same problem. I want y'all to know that. Jody Grace. Bless you, girl. She got baptized. And we've got some others. And um, Ross, uh, Ross, I've talked about Ross before, made a commitment to the Lord uh, one Sunday. Uh, just kind of went a step with God. He hadn't been before. And uh, got a confirmation from the Lord about his personal walk with God. And uh, I was able to baptize him, and we'll get you a certificate. And I'm, the one I'm going to get you has my picture on it. So. Okay, wow. I'm proud of you, man. God bless you. Thank you all so much. And uh, if you joined the church or were baptized and we did not get you up here, then please let Miss Jenny know. Miss Jenny is high and lifted up uh, up there, and uh, she'll, she'll get you fixed up. Let's give these folks one more great big hand. Amen. Amen. Y'all may be seated. God bless you. God bless you. If y'all are, uh, if somebody's visiting today, we got a card called the Let's Connect card. It's out at the um, information desk in the foyer. Uh, there will be ink pens there as well. And if you'll go by and fill out one of these cards for us, or if you see one, maybe you've got one in your bulletin. I don't know exactly uh, where they are, but I know they're at the information desk. Get that. Fill it out in full. Give us all the information you're comfortable giving and just leave it at the information desk and we'll pick that up and we'll appreciate it so much. Let me also tell you that this is the book that we are going through on Sunday evenings. Uh, now, we won't go through the, this book this evening because we have a very, very special celebration occasion. I'll be telling you about that in just a minute. And there's going to be food. So please come tonight, 6 o'clock. But we'll pick right back up in this book. We're talking about what our church believes. Y'all think that's important? What we believe. And uh, we have a few of these books up here uh, that are still available. And if you'd like to have one, and I'm telling you, I highly, highly, highly recommend it. It will be a great, great blessing to you. 
Dr. Terry Trammell wrote this book called The Beauty of the Balance. And I just would encourage you to have that in your uh, library, your uh, books that you use to study God's Word. Uh, you will use this one a lot. It is a book you can read through, the whole book, and then it will become a reference book that when you need to um, sharpen up on doctrine and that kind of thing, you'll be able to go to this book and it'll be right there for you, scripture references and, and all of that there. Um, I'm going to ask uh, Brian and Mary Catherine uh, Towton if they will to come. Come on up here too, good looking. Yeah, he thought I was talking to him. Sure he did. Sure he did. Sure he did. Thank you. Talk about your family. I mean, nothing, you know, secret. Okay. So she's the mean one. <laughs> and that one over there is Malaby. And I, it might be the light. You probably can't see my halo. Can you see my halo? Um, my name is... <laughs> My name is Brian. This is my lovely wife, Mary Catherine, and our daughter, Ella Rose. Um, we are from the Goldsboro area. And we, we man, I cried while I gave. Man, man I've been to so many church it. services, I've never cried. I lost it. Not like that. Um, I don't know what to say. Um, oh, okay. So we are, we, we love students. Hey, Ron Twist, you're the man. We love students, we love marriages, we love men. That sounded weird. Um, yes. So we love students, we love the marriage ministry because we fully believe that if the devil can get into our children or our, and or our marriage, he can completely throw off and shut the God's kingdom down. That's our mission statement in a sentence. Um, we love going places. We just went to Disney. We had a great time. We like coffee. She likes to sing. And I don't know what else. You're good, man. I'm great at this. Let's, uh, let's hear you go ahead and sing that song. Okay, we practice. Let's do that. Um, so we um, prayed and asked God to give direction and guidance. Actually, before I even came as your pastor, uh, there was already uh, a lot of talk and vision casting by your Deacon board about a youth pastor, a student pastor, a teen pastor, pastor for our teenagers. And um, we talked to several people, and uh, I talked to several people, and just felt led that Brian was supposed to be that man. Uh, so Brian is going to be, as of today, I think as of tonight, when we have the food. I think, I think that really kicks it off. And uh, he's going to be our youth pastor. Um, if you want to, uh, I'll be referring to him as Pastor Brian. He has a passion and a heart for youth, and especially for teenagers, but for all ages. And um, I will tell you, God has called him to be a preacher. And we believe at some point, God will lead him into a pastoral ministry, uh, his ultimate vision for his life that God has put, uh, give him that vision, is to be a pastor of the church. But it's a wonderful, wonderful system that we have where you kind of play in the minor leagues before you go into the major leagues. And, uh, and so not that we believe our student ministry is minor, we believe it's major. 
uh, I'm telling you, get ready. Get ready. Uh, cooperate with this man. Work with him and Miss Mary Catherine and Ella Rose. Work with them as they lead our teenagers. Now, we are not only uh, doing this with our teenagers, but we are revamping all of our youth ministry right now. We're making some changes, going through some changes. Nobody's going to lose their job that they had before. It's just going to it's just going to be moved around a little bit so we can be more effective. How many of you believe that it's more important to be effective in ministry than it is to have our way? Amen. Amen. It's, uh, you got to be willing to change. You got to be willing to say, "How can we do it better? How can we go to the next level?" We believe that's what's going on as we bring Brian on as our youth pastor. Uh, again, he will be over the teens. Uh, you know that Millie and um, Jamie Martinez, I'm sorry, Millie and Jamie, Jamie, is she here? She's not here. Okay. Uh, but uh, that's right. She's away. But um, they're putting together our girls' ministry. But those of you who have been involved with our girls prior to this new material and new curriculum, you're all needed. Every one of you are needed, probably even more so uh, than how you were serving because we're going to have a lot more girls. We're going to have a lot more. And we're going to need people to step up and lead and influence the life of these young girls so that not only will they be ready to meet the Lord, but they will become disciples and win others to the Lord. That's what we want. So, so Millie and, and uh, um, Jamie are doing that. And uh, um, Marcy um, is uh, also going to be leading and organizing our elementary age, the age right below the group that uh, Brian will be leading. And I didn't want Brian to come. It would be a lot to ask him because it is a part-time. This role that he will have is part-time. It's not full-time. And uh, we hope it will be full-time, but it's not full-time right now. So we felt like it would be a lot to ask him to take all of our youth. And uh, he amened that when I told him that. But he loves them all. He loves them all. But his heart is with teenagers. Uh, Paul and Carolyn will be working uh, with Brother Brian and uh, other people who feel led to work with teenagers. Just talk to him. If you feel led to work with teenagers, just get with him Talk to him, share your heart with him, um, and uh, he will definitely put you to work. Now listen to me. We're about to explode with youth in this church. I'm telling you, I'm not, it almost sounds like a warning. <laughs> I'm telling you, when you do youth ministry uh, with the anointing primarily, and you do it with great organization, and you do it with great creativity, and it comes out of a passion for Jesus and a passion for this age group. I'm telling you, God's going to put his hand on the church that does that. You are going to see, we're already seeing it, but you're going to see on Wednesday nights and Sunday nights, the teen ministry will be on Sunday nights. And the children's ministry uh, primarily will happen on Wednesday night with the gyms and the Royal Rangers, but there will be children's church as normal. There will be children's church on Sunday night like normal. There will even be something on Wednesday night for those that are younger than the gyms and the Royal Rangers. So we're not losing any ministry that we're currently doing. We're, we just want to enhance it. 
We just want it to be done at another level of excellence. And we had a meeting about this and talked about it this past week and everybody's on board and I felt a sense of unity at that meeting. Didn't you, Brother Mac? And I know God's going to use us um, uh, in a great way. He's going to do some great things. I'll tell you, the kind of leader I am is I'm going to let these people lead. I am not I am not a person who's going to look over their shoulder. And if I'm going to do all that, if I'm going to do that, then I need to take the ministry. Uh, I need to trust my leaders. Amen? And so I trust this man to lead our teenagers. And you parents, uh, you say, well, I've got some questions or I'd like to get to know him better. I'm telling you, he would love that. He would love it. And uh, is his number in the bulletin? I tell you, take my number out of the bulletin and put his number in there. I'm just kidding about that. But let's get Brian's number in there. We'll just call him our youth pastor right now. He wanted me to call him Great High Potentate, but I'm not going to do that. Uh, we're going to call him youth pastor. And, and there might be a different title as we move forward. There might be some different titles that we use. But right now he's Brother Brian or, or Pastor Brian. And, and not, not Reverend, but you're, you're going there. You're about to be. I am. I'm actually getting. I am going for my minister, my my top minister credentialing in April, at the end of April. So y'all pray for me about that. I am currently a local licensed minister, I think is the proper title. So anyway, I took the microphone because I want to let you guys know, first of all, he was talking a lot, wasn't he? Um, <laughs> that's your, your joke. So um, coming up next Sunday night, we are taking the middle schoolers and the high schoolers. So that is from 6th grade to 12th grade. If you're above 12th, we'd love to have you too because you can eat and you can chaperone. Anyway, so we're leaving here at 4 o'clock. We're going to the big town of Goldsboro to the Lord's Table Church to what's called the Velocity Conference. If you look on the church's Facebook page, you'll see about it there. Um, High, high, high energy band. There's going to be a real strong preacher there. There's going to be games and just all the things. It'll be a couple of hour event and we would love to get your teenagers. We would love to get your teenagers' friends, nephews, nieces, whatever the case is. Help us fill that bus up. Um, like I said, we're going to leave next week at four o'clock. Next Sunday, we're going to leave at four. We're going to stop at Wendy's on the way. We took a vote last week and the kids said, we want to do Wendy's, not Bojangles. So guess what we're going to do? We're going to do Wendy's. So we're going to stop there. We're going to go there. We should be back around 9.30 or so. So yeah, 4 o'clock, the bus is going to leave. So bring your children, bring your neighbors, it, whoever you want to bring, as long as they're middle school to 12th grade, bring them all. That's right. Awesome. And Thank that's next Sunday, next Sunday, a week from today. Channel Land's going to be here, and we're going to be on the van. Awesome. Let's give our brand new youth pastor and his family a great old big hand. I would like to uh, put you all at ease and tell you that I do know what time it is. It don't matter, but I know it don't matter. Yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna give you a little brief a uh, little briefer than that uh, than I usually do. How about our speaker last Sunday? Wasn't she good? Didn't you enjoy Kim? Yeah, man. And uh, they tell me women can't preach. <laughs> Millie's been preaching to me for 50 years almost. <laughs> um, thank God for Ladies' Day. Uh, Jenny, you did a beautiful job uh, organizing everything. And 
Uh, Y'all knew she would. She always does. And uh, we just appreciate our leader, uh, Jenny Vanderhelm. Yes, that is a weird last name. And, And she's a little strange, too. But She's a good woman. We used to love her. She's awesome. I don't know what we do without her. I tell you the truth. She is a, a tremendous blessing to our church. All right, let's talk a little bit about Enoch in the Old Testament as we um, carry on our series of the signs of the times. The signs of the times. How many of you know God's up to something? He is up to something. Something's about to happen. This old world just cannot keep going like it's going. And um, something's about to happen. And I don't know when. I don't know when. I know there was a book written one time, 88 Reasons Why the Lord's Coming Back in 1988. And then the Lord didn't come back, so he wrote one, 89 Reasons Why He's Coming in 89. And, And bless his heart, the Bible says... We don't know. We don't know the time. That's right there in the Bible. I don't know why you'd write a book like you do know the time when the Bible says nobody knows. And and I don't know what God's calendar look like looks like. I I don't know how God thinks about time. Um, you know, we've been in the last days ever since He ascended into heaven. Matter of fact, if you'll just read your Bible after he ascended into heaven and said, I will come again, from that day on, they referred to those as the last days. And uh, I guess what I'm saying in this sermon series is that we're in the last of the last days. We are near the time of an event called the rapture of the church. Now, I don't have one up here with me, but I did a timeline Uh, that I believe is biblical, and there may be some people who disagree with it. How many of you know great, great preachers and men of God have some disagreements on the timeline? That's fine. It it doesn't matter. Uh, Just be saved. If you're saved, if you have a personal relationship with Jesus, you're going to be all right. Um, I was talking to Brother Sullivan back there this morning, and uh, he said, uh, he, he showed me, we were looking at that timeline, he said, I know when I go up in the rapture, I don't have to worry about anything else. I said, that's exactly right. If you're caught up in the rapture, uh, it's just like that gospel singer, Stevie Wonder, said, you're signed, sealed, and delivered when you go up in the rapture. Amen. Amen. But we're talking about what do we look for? What do we look around for in the world today that would say to us, get ready? Get ready. Time is short. And I want to do that by looking at the life of Enoch. Enoch didn't die. He didn't die. God just reached down and like a flower, he plucked Enoch out of this world and just took him to heaven. God took Enoch physically. God took Enoch bodily to heaven. Without dying. And that's what's going to happen at the time of the rapture. Now, you say, well, preacher, now, uh, you know, I appreciate you preaching on this, but uh, great preachers today, do they believe in the rapture? Billy Graham believed in the rapture. He uh, didn't get to go in the rapture, but he will, because the Bible says the dead in Christ will rise first. And uh, you say, well, what about people like uh, J- David Jeremiah and great preachers like that? Oh, yes, they all believe in the rapture of the church. And there are some good preachers that I love who don't believe in the rapture. They see things differently. 
But we believe that the next major event on God's calendar is the rapture of the church. And the church said, Amen, Amen. So Enoch got out alive. And I've got a feeling, I said this the other Sunday, I've got a feeling there's some people here that may get out of this alive. I believe we're that close to the rapture. I believe there may be some people sitting here. I mean, the rapture could happen now, right now, at this very moment. It could happen um, next week or next month or next year. It could happen in the next decade. I don't know when, but I believe we are so near, and this is my own personal opinion, it isn't in the Bible, but I, we, I believe we're so close that some people sitting right here will go in the rapture. The Bible calls it rapture. Rapture isn't in the Bible. That word caught up is in the Bible. We read it from the writings of Paul to the church at Thessalonica. It talked about uh, the, those who will be caught up. Um, and uh, that's what we've been talking about in this message. So why, Pastor Farrell, you're going all the way to Genesis to talk about a rapture? Yes, yeah, not unusual really to talk about the rapture and, and not, not unusual to talk about Jesus from the Old Testament. You have to understand that the whole book, the whole Bible, Old Testament and New Testament is about Jesus. And I've been preaching that on Sunday night and preaching it here on Sunday morning. I always will preach that. But I love typology in the Bible. And let me just give you a, a type. And you don't have to turn there because I'm not going to read scripture from there. But did you know in Genesis 4, now in Genesis 3, Jesus is mentioned. He's mentioned. But in Genesis 4, we see a picture of Jesus in the person of Adam's son, Abel. Abel offered a lamb. Y'all remember that? He offered a blood sacrifice in chapter 4 of Genesis. And that is a clear picture of Jesus dying on the cross for our sins. You remember that Cain's uh, um, uh, offering was not received because it was not a blood sacrifice. Abel's uh, offering to the Lord was received because it was a blood sacrifice. Now listen, the Word of God says without the shedding of blood... There is no washing away of sin. What can wash away my sin? Nothing but the blood of Jesus. And so we believe that. And we believe it because the Bible says it. And we don't believe it because it's a song we sing. Uh, it's a song we sing because the Bible says it. That's why we sing that song. Nothing but the blood of Jesus. We still preach the blood at this church. We believe in the blood of of Jesus. Now in Genesis 4, we've got Abel's lamb, a picture of Jesus. In the very next chapter, in Genesis 5, is the rapture of Enoch. The rapture of Enoch. So we've got Jesus dying on the cross in Genesis 4. We've got the rapture of Enoch in Genesis 5. Ladies and gentlemen, we are in the last days. We are in the last of the last days. I believe the rapture is upon us. It is a clear picture. The death of Enoch is a clear picture of the rapture of the church. Now today, and I'll conclude next Sunday. I'll conclude next Sunday this series called The Signs of the Times. But today I want us to look at three things about Enoch's life. And we'll only look at one of them. But uh, the thing I want to look at today are the days of Enoch. 
What were his days like? What was it like in the days of Enoch? Because I think what it was like in the days of Enoch is going to be similar to what it's going to be like here right before the rapture. And so the reason uh, we talk about Enoch and his days is because uh, Enoch's time was a picture or a prophecy of what the days again will be like before we're called up to meet the Lord in the air. There is a direct correlation and a direct correspondence between Enoch's rapture and the rapture we're looking forward to. So let's look at Enoch's life. Uh, I don't know how many of you realize this, um, but Enoch was a contemporary of Adam. In other words, Enoch and Adam lived part of their lives at the same time. So that's how, that's how uh, close Enoch was to the beginning of everything. He was a contemporary of Adam. Adam was the first human, and uh, he was living when Enoch was born. Adam was 622 years old when Enoch was born. Now, Adam lived on to be 930. How about that? So you could say that Enoch, when he was 622, was in his prime. I'm sure he's like, I'm 622 today, y'all. I'm in my prime. Amen. So that was supposed to be funnier than it was. But anyway, um, so uh, my point is that Genesis chapter 5 is a time in our early history, very early history, before sin had taken its toll. Now, those of you who are in our public school system, when they study early history, they will not talk about Adam and Eve. But I want to tell you, that's how it all started. That's how it all started was with Adam and Eve. God created Adam and Eve in the beginning. This is why they lived so long back then, because they uh, sin had not taken its toll yet. Now, Adam and Eve had sinned, and there was a sin curse on the world, but sin had not taken its toll yet, and so uh, they lived a lot longer back there. When you look closely at what the Bible says about uh, that time, you will see it. There's a man in the Bible that I want you to notice with me, and his name is Lamech. Lamech. We'll talk about Lamech, and uh, if y'all will hold on here one second. Um, I've got my notes out of order, and I want to get them in order. Is it all right with y'all if I use notes? Is that all right? How many of y'all know I can't remember nothing? Uh, so, yeah. So, anyway, let's just talk about Lamech. Lamech is a man in the Bible that was a contemporary of Enoch. That, and look, the Bible, there were a lot of people living. I don't know what the population of the earth was back then, but there already were a lot of people on the earth during Enoch's time and, and during Adam's time and during Lamech. I mean, once, the, once uh, they began to procreate as God had commanded them to do, then uh, the population grew very quickly. But it's interesting to note this. The Bible only talks about certain individuals, even though there were hundreds of people that lived during that time, maybe thousands, I don't know, tens of thousands who were already living on the earth. 
but God only talked about a few people during that period of time. And one of the people that he mentioned was a man in the Bible named Lamech. And I want to just read a part of a verse uh, from Genesis chapter 5 and verse 19. Uh, Jenny's got that up there for us. And really the very first part of that verse is, is what I want to pull out. The Bible says, And Lamech took unto him two wives. Now we know by that, reading that, that Lamech was not a wise man. But the Bible says that Lamech took unto him two wives. Now here's what I believe that's an indication of. I believe that it is an indication of the moral decay that was beginning to happen because of the sin of Adam and Eve. Men began to live their lives more loosely. Lamech's married to two women at the uh, same time. You could say, and, uh, and I'll talk about this a little bit, but you could say that was the beginning of a sexual revolution. Now, boys and girls, I know that when I talk about this topic, I have to be very careful. There are children sitting in here. There are some things I could say that might be offensive and hurtful to somebody. If you think ever I say too much about it, though, just go over to the book of Sol uh, Song of Solomon and read that book, and you'll go, boy, the preacher's really doing better than Song of Solomon. That book is uh, very, very graphic when it talks about God's love for the church and uses the love between a man and a woman to show that uh, love of God that he has for the church. But Lamech having two wives, why would the Bible put that in there? I mean, that's all it says. But the Bible put it in there. God led Moses to put that in there, write that in there. I want that in there. Now, there's so many other things that happened. He could have wrote anything he wanted to, but God said, I want you to write that in what's going to be the Bible. And what that is, it is showing us the beginning, the birth of a... a uh, society that is deteriorating in their morals. Would y'all agree that we got a problem with that today? Uh, I tell you, um, I can't. I can't really believe what's going on in our world today in this area. I can't believe it. We've turned on the children. I heard an old preacher say a long time ago, "When you turn on the children." The end is near. And we've turned on our children. We abort them before they're born. Then when they are born, we want to teach them things that are contrary, not just not the Word of God. You know, I'm fine if they go, well, we don't teach the Bible here at school. That's fine. You don't have to teach the Bible at school. But don't teach against the Bible either. Don't teach against it. Just teach some reading, writing, and arithmetic. Amen? Just teach that. And, uh, but no, I'm telling you, and, and I'm not saying it's so bad where we live. We've got school teachers that come to church here, and, and I wouldn't indict them. I know they love the Lord, and I'm sure they have to bite their tongue. So when I talk about our education system, I'm not talking about individuals. I know there are individuals who, who see what's going on, and, and they uh, temper what they say, and, and they they don't do some things that probably the educational system would want them to do. And I appreciate that. That takes courage. And I know you're risking when you do that. But I'm telling you, what's going on with our children and what they want to expose our children to 
is sickening. There was a, there was a governor of one of our states who, who wanted to show in his state the filth that was being taught to their children. I mean, little children. I'm not talking about teenagers. Uh, everybody, I guess when everybody got, did y'all have family life? Did you, when you got to be a teenager? Oh, I love that class. I love it. And um, learning stuff, a lot of stuff I didn't know. And, uh, but, but, uh, but we're exposing our little children to it. And so this, this governor was going to show on television, uh, he opened the book to show on television what was being taught to our little children. And the television station that hated him, they couldn't stand him. When he opened that book, they couldn't show it because it was so filthy. The standards of their own television station and the standards of their own network said we can't show that, but they're showing it to our children. I don't know about y'all, but that just, as happy as I was right there, that makes me angry. Do y'all know there's a righteous anger? There's a righteous anger. So when you get mad, say, Lord, make it righteous, make it righteous, make it righteous. The Bible says anger, so you can be angry, but then it says, but sin not. So you can be angry without sinning, but I will tell you, when I start getting angry, if I'm not careful, it leads to that sin inside. Amen? Y'all look so holy as I admit that. But, but wake up, please. I'm saying to my church today, wake up, please, to what's going on in our world today and what we're exposing our children to. It's unbelievable. It's beyond anything I thought I would ever witness in my life. And I could go into detail here, and, and I've even got it in my notes to go into detail. If I wanted to go into detail, I didn't know how the Lord would lead me, lead me but I'm feeling a a restriction right there, right now, and I'm not going to go into, but it's, 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 if you can read it without being embarrassed, if you can read it without your face turning red, if you can, if you can read that stuff without, and really probably most, most of you or some of you might say, that can't be true. That's what I said. That's not true. It isn't that bad. There's nowhere it's that bad. And ladies and gentlemen, I was wrong. It was worse than I thought it was. Now, the reason I'm saying that is because Lamech represents a moral decay, a sexual revolution, all the way back in the book of Genesis. And then, right after that, there was the rapture of Enoch. And the Bible says, and we'll mention this again later, but the Bible says the reason he was raptured is because Enoch pleased the Lord. He pleased the Lord. So he was right with God in the Old Testament way of being right with God, which was by faith in God, by faith in the words of God, by faith in the, in the truth of God that had been espoused uh, at that time. He believed on it. He behaved. He lived the life of a righteous man. And God raptured him because uh, Enoch pleased him. So when we think about the moral decay as a sign of the rapture of the church coming, uh, we, we see this very clearly here. Uh, Lamech was a man who wanted to satisfy his lust. And, and again, everything is sexualized. Everything. You can't see a commercial. You can't look at a commercial during a ball game. 
you, you can't, uh, with the cheerleaders, you can't hardly look at the ball game. You, you, not that I've looked at them. I, I, didn't, I didn't know they had team. I, I didn't know they had cheerleaders. But I, I've heard they have them. So, yeah, I felt the Lord say, you better get a swallow of water after that. But everything is sexualized. Would you all agree with me? I'm telling you, it's unbelievable. And if you think your children don't see it, listen, you can't hide it from them. It's pouring into their phone. It's pouring into their computer. If they're a member of some of these apps like um, TikTok and even Facebook and all of them, and they're on there, I'm telling you, they are trying to get to your child. They're trying to communicate with your child. They want your child to be exposed to things. How many of you know if a child sees things before they're supposed to see them, they're messed up for life? Unless God delivers them, unless God sets them free. Lamech represented that, uh, that, that lust uh, of the flesh. He was a man who did not care about God's will or God's plan that had been set forth in the Garden of Eden, but he took upon himself two wives. Now the next thing I want you to look at is he's talking to his two wives and in Genesis 4.23 look what he says to his two wives. And I'm reading from the New Living Translation here. Let me turn and read uh, from here. And Lamech said to his wives Ada and Zillah Hear my voice ye wives of Lamech. Hearken unto my speech for I have killed a man. I have murdered a man. I have slain a man to my wounding and a young man to my hurt. So in the New Living Translation, it says, One day Lamech said to his wives, Listen to me, my wives, for I have killed a youth who attacked, who attacked me and wounded me. Very prideful. I don't know what you feel when you see that or when you hear me read that, but I see arrogance. I see pride. I don't know what you say. I sense bragging. I sense a bragging to his wives that a man wounded me and I took his life. I killed him. Lamech's life was marked by lust and murder, moral decay. Why did the Holy Spirit record this here? Why does the Holy Spirit tell Moses, write that in the Scriptures, the one that will be my final book that I will distribute all over the world? Why did he want that in there? Why did he want us to see what it was like in Enoch's days? Because he wanted us to see that right before the rapture, there was social permissiveness. We live in a world today where there's no right or wrong, you choose what's right or wrong for you. I'll choose what's right or wrong for me. And if I'm basically a generally good person, then I'll, I'll go to heaven when I die if I even believe in heaven. Or I even, if, I, if I even believe there's a life after this life. Trust me. There's a life after this life. You're going to live somewhere after you die. There are two places in the Bible that you will spend eternity, one of two. So what you say, and I hear people say, well, I don't believe that, and I don't hope. 
I don't mean to offend you. I don't mean to hurt your feelings. It don't matter what you believe, honey. It don't matter what your opinion is. All that matters is what the Word of God says. Now, I'm telling you to preach like I'm preaching this morning. I am being viewed more and more as an old fogey preacher. I am an old fogey preacher that, that's legalistic and, and set in his ways and, and uh, he's not willing to change with the times. Well, here I am about change. I don't mind changing methods. I think there might be some methods back 100 years ago or 50 or 20 years ago that worked well, but the, those methods don't work now. We need different methods. But listen to me. The message will never change. The message will never change. We may change some methods and the way we do things. That's like having this couple come up here and telling you they're going to be our youth pastor and then talking about the missionettes and the gyms. We're changing some ways we do things. But we'll preach the same Old Testament. We'll preach the same New Testament. We'll preach all about Jesus Christ. It'll be the, <laughs> the same message. So what do we see around us today? I want to just go through some stuff here and then I'm, I'm done. So let's look at our day. We looked at, we looked at Enoch's day. What about our day? A major crime figure, and these are some statistics that I've found and put together for this sermon, recently boasted that their budget is a bigger business than the federal government. And that was a pornography criminal that said that. He said the budget of the federal government is not as big as the porn industry. Did you know that porn alone in the last year did $1 trillion worth of business in one year? It's everywhere. It's everywhere. You know, my forefathers, grandfathers, and uncles my grandfather, uh, my uncles rather, that were preachers, said when I was a young boy, I wasn't even a preacher yet, there will come a day when the filth that you have to go in a back alley to find will come in on your television. It will come in on any, any technological device. It will be flowing in like a river, and you won't even be able to stop it. Ladies and gentlemen, we're there. We're already there. There are things on CBS, NBC, ABC, all these networks, every single one of them. And, and uh, back when I was a child, you'd have never got it on the TV. They would have never shown it on television. The things they say, the language they use, the things they imply, you would have never even gotten it on television. And now it just flows right in, flows right into our home. How much pornography would there have to be printed and distributed for pornography to be a $1 trillion a year business? Unbelievable. Even in our own streets of Wayne County where I live, Johnson County where our church is, things are happening on the streets that we never dreamed we would see happen in our streets. And especially in the big cities. Newsweek magazine, and I've got the whole article here, but it goes on and on and on. Let me read just a little bit. This time around, however, he's talking about uh, uh, the violence uh, epidemic in America. 
This time around, however, there is none of the old optimism proclaiming that we know what the problems are and we have the solutions at hand. That's old talk. We don't even say that anymore. We don't know what the solutions are. The problems look more complex than any blue ribbon panel can solve. The solutions have never been more elusive. The police already up against long odds can't seem to find a way to do much better than they're doing. The courts continue to be denounced while they disperse justice under trying conditions. Uh, even the ones um, that are... That are um, distributing, I don't know a better word, the justice that's supposed to be happening in the world today aren't even doing their jobs. The prisons are already filled to bursting and that doesn't seem to have cut down on the clamoring for tougher sentences or on the uh, crime rate itself. And then it said in this article at the very end, another frightening difference in the crime picture is that life now seems pitifully cheap. And it does. I don't know, do y'all see what's happening on the streets, especially of the bigger cities? Do y'all see the videos? Do y'all see uh, women being attacked and beaten and, and raped? And, and there are things going on now that have, it's never been like this before. It's different this time around. Uh, life is cheap, finds its root in a cause uh, and a belief of evolution. See, if you believe ev evolution and humanism and all of that, then life is cheap to you. That's why, that's why abortion is so easy. Because we don't, we don't have a, 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 an appreciation for the value of human life. You say, well, how valuable is it to God? Well, uh, I'll tell you how valuable it is. He made everything he made, and then he said, now I'm going to make my greatest creation. And right at the end of all that he created, he made us. He made us. He made all the universe. And then he said, I'm going to make my greatest creation. And he made us. And then we blew it. I mean, right at the beginning, we blew it. And he said, okay, well, I'll send my son. I'll send my son and he'll die and give you guys a way back. You'll have to choose it. But if you'll choose it, you can come back in my good graces, even though you've sinned. That's how much he loves you. That's what God thinks of you. I could go on and on and on. Uh, but this morning, I just wanted to say to you that we have so much all around us every day telling us that the Lord is coming. This thing is wrapping up. Don't say your preacher hasn't told you because I'm telling you right now, get ready. Get ready. And I'm not saying that because I want you to question your walk with God. Listen, if you're saved, if you've been born again, if you've asked Jesus to take over your life, if you've surrendered yourself to Him, then you're ready. But I would ask those of you who've done that to learn and go deeper in the Lord that you might win more people, that you might have an influence on other people who aren't saved, your family, your neighbors, the people you work with, your friends. If we knew, if we knew the Lord was coming back in two weeks, we would behave ourselves differently. We would behave differently. We'd be bolder. I would. I would be bolder. So I'm preaching to myself today. If I knew the Lord was coming back this summer, if I knew He was coming back next year, we'd do church different. We'd do church different. Can I just preach right here? There are things we push back on that we wouldn't push back on. We, we'd say, let's go. Let's roll. Let's do it. Uh, um, the Lord's coming. The Lord's coming. And you know what I think about? And I, and I don't want this to happen. 
I don't want anybody that I've ever preached to in my life, and I've been preaching a long time. I've been preaching 50 years almost. And I don't want to, I don't want anybody that I've ever preached to to be able to stand before the Lord one day and say, Lord, I'm not ready. And the reason I'm not ready is my preacher didn't tell me. The preachers didn't tell me. See, we 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 make we water down our preaching. We 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 don't say things. I'm telling you, I'm hesitant to say things. I hold back saying things because uh, some of you would say, well, he must be a Republican or he must be a Democrat or he's against. Listen, uh, the only thing I'm against is what the Bible's against. If the Bible's against it, I'm against it. If the Bible's for it, I'm for it. And, but I see our world falling apart. And the Bible says in Genesis 4 that Lamech took two wives unto himself and in just a brief time had murdered a man. Why is that there? To show us moral decay was happening at an elevated level right before Enoch was raptured. I'm telling you, it's happening right now. We're seeing things we've never seen before. We're experiencing things we've never experienced before. We're seeing filth and ungodliness and rottenness and hatred and division at a level I don't think we've ever seen it before. And I know, I can go back in history, and there are terrible, terrible times in our history, but this thing that we're experiencing now is worldwide. It is worldwide. Yes, it is an America problem, but it's a world problem. And the Lord is saying to us, get ready and get as many people as you can ready to meet me. I'm about to catch away my bride. Amen? Would you stand with me? Would you stand with me today? You know what? I said I wouldn't ever do this, but I'm going to do it to you again. <laughs> do, you know, do you know the old chorus, soon and very soon? We're going to see the King. Amen. Can we just sing that a little bit? Let's just sing a little bit of that today. Soon and very soon. How many of y'all believe it's soon and very soon? We're going to see the King. We're going to sing that, and then I'm going to dismiss you, and uh, and I'm going to step here at the altar and pray for anybody that'd like to be prayed for. Let's sing it together. Soon and very soon. We are going to see the King. Soon and very soon, we are going to see the King. Soon and very soon, we are going to see the King. Hallelujah, hallelujah, we're going to see the King. Soon and very soon, we are going to see the King. Soon and very soon, we are going to see the King. Soon and very soon, we are going to see the King. Hallelujah, hallelujah, we're going to see the King. No more crying there. We are going to see the King. No more crying there. We are going to see the King. No more crying there. We are going to see the King. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. We're going to see the King. I have 
over soon. We are going to see the King. Soon and very soon. We are going to see the King. Soon and very soon. We are going to see the King. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. We're going to see the King. Now listen. I'll pray with you up here this morning. We'll have other people up here to pray for you for sickness, for uh, financial difficulty, whatever. But listen, there's nothing, nothing, nothing more important than your eternal soul. And I know Brother Bill's back there, and we want God to heal him of cancer, but if he had a choice, he would say, My soul, my soul, my soul, above my bodily healing. Because that, that determines your eternity. Don't leave here today not ready to meet the Lord. We're going to play that song again as we do your dismiss to go that way. Or if you'd like to come for prayer, come on up here and we'll pray for you. Soon and very soon, we are going to see the King. Soon and very soon, we are going to see the King. Soon and very soon. We are going to see the King. Hallelujah, hallelujah. We're going to see the King. Soon and very soon. We are going to see the King. Soon and very soon. We are going to see the King. Soon and very soon. We are going to see the King. Hallelujah, hallelujah, we're going to see the King. The Apollo Pentecostal Women's Church Incorporated, copyright 2023.